to the Sunday Service Podcast from St Nicholas Baclue Parish Church. This week the Sunday Service Podcast is based on a service in which I was privileged to participate, along with the Reverend Alison MacDonald, my wife, in Wittikun, a village just west of Zurich in Switzerland. We were there as part of the annual meeting of the Council of the World Communion of Reformed Churches in Europe. The first Sunday of March is marked in Switzerland as the Tag der Kranken, the day of the ill. Through this podcast, it's our hope that you will find some hope, strength and encouragement in your life. Let us pray. God of love, your Son brought healing to the sick and hope to the despairing. We pray for all who suffer pain or bear the burden of illness or who have to undergo an operation. Give them the comfort and strength of your presence and surround them with your healing love and power. May they know the fellowship of Christ who bore pain and suffering for us and at the last won victory over death. Bless those who share with Christ a healing ministry, researchers, doctors, surgeons and nurses. Use their sympathy and skill for the relief of suffering, the conquest of disease, and the restoration of health, and crown all their efforts with good success, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading comes from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years old, who was dying. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling. And, falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once, 
Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. When Pfarrer Vincent wrote to me about coming and preaching in Wheatikin, he told me that for the day of the ill, the theme this year was that laughter connects us to one another, that it is infectious, and that it brings us moments of happiness. It's a good theme. We all know from our own experience of the healing effects of laughter and humour. If you're angry with someone, but they make you laugh, you cannot remain angry long and your relationship experiences healing. If you're in a gloomy mood and someone makes you laugh, your mood can change and you can find your spirit being healed in that moment. Laughter even seems to affect physical illness and helps people recover. At times of terrible shock, like the sudden death of a loved one, people can find themselves laughing over funny memories and funny stories, the laughter acting as a release for deeply held emotions. Laughter binds us to one another. A comic situation experienced alone is never as funny as it is when experienced with others, when the laughter can build and build. Every one of us will at some time have experienced that incredible feeling of laughing so much that you think you'll burst. And we all know how good that feeling is and what good it can do us. I looked up all the times that laughing and laughter are mentioned in the Bible. It's not that many. And mostly laughter is not something the biblical writers thought was a good thing. It may surprise you that there is much more mention of laughter in the Old Testament than in the New. Jesus said some things which I think were meant to be comical. He called his disciples, James and John, sons of thunder. He told stories of people with planks in their eyes being more worried about other people with specks of dust in theirs. He told about a panicking steward who was too weak to dig and too proud to beg of a Pharisee who thanked God that he was absolutely wonderful in every respect, not like the thieves and the rogues and the tax collectors. But despite describing funny people and funny situations, Jesus only mentioned laughing once when he said that those who weep now will laugh, and those who laugh now will mourn and weep. In the Old Testament, We may read of Sarah laughing in happiness over the birth of her son and of her laughter being shared by those who shared her happiness. She had earlier laughed in bitterness and disbelief when told that she would bear a son in her old age, but now she laughed with joy because the promise had been fulfilled. Ecclesiastes tells us that there is a time to laugh, And Psalm 126 speaks of laughter expressing the joy to be found in God. But Proverbs says that even in laughter the heart is sad. And Ecclesiastes adds that sorrow is better than laughter. In other places, we hear of people such as Jeremiah and Job becoming a laughing stock, that the laughter of others was a sign of their derision. The Bible speaks much more of people laughing scornfully than it does of them laughing happily. Laughter is also at times a sign of fearlessness, of confidence, of anticipation of the destruction of the wicked, but it's never mentioned 
as a response to humour. As a minister, I am often amazed by the bravery of people facing serious illness and offer humour and laughing contribute to the way that they are able to face the fear of what may lie ahead. When the Bible speaks of people laughing as a sign of fearlessness and confidence, that's the closest I think it comes to speaking of laughter as something that heals, that makes us better. Just because the Bible has little to say about laughter should not worry us. There are lots of things with which we are familiar in our everyday lives about which the Bible has little or nothing to say. But the Bible has a lot to say about illness and healing. And these are matters which it treats very seriously. Laughing may help us to cope with illness. It may even help us to recover. But even now, with all the advances in medical science for which we are so grateful, advances unimaginable in biblical times, illness is still a very serious matter. And that comes through in our Gospel reading. To me, these are two of the most touching stories in the Gospel. Who cannot help but feel sympathy for the woman who had bled for many years and whose last and only hope was in Jesus? And who cannot feel the desperation of Jairus? He was a proud man, an important man, yet he throws himself to his knees in the road before Jesus, begging, risking the laughter of others. One thing is important to him above all others, his only daughter, who was dying. And he was distraught, distraught because he loved her so much. Love drove him to seek help wherever he could find it, to risk any humiliation. Love kept him clinging to hope when hope was all but lost. How awful it must have been for him to see Jesus delayed by the crowd. How terrible to hear from someone coming from the house that the little girl was dead. To be told not to bother Jesus any more, as if our troubles are ever any bother to Jesus. Only one person kept faith with him, Jesus himself, and he was laughed at, scorned and derided when he said to Jairus that his daughter was not dead. But that one person was the person who mattered, because only he among the crowd loved the girl like Jairus and her mother did. Through the love of God in Christ, she was healed. Love is a feature of other healing stories. We think of Peter's love for his mother-in-law, of the centurion's love for his servant, of the love of the friends who lowered the disabled man through the roof of the house where Jesus was. The love of others is, we know, a great healer in our own lives. But it is the love of God that is the greatest healer. There are times when we and those we love are not cured but in God's love, we may always find healing, the healing of peace, the healing of acceptance, the healing of strength to face what must be endured, the healing of hope in what we know is ahead, that perfect union with God, won for us by Christ. There are times to laugh and there are times to weep. And both can bring comfort and healing and resolution. 
But the greatest hope we have, the greatest gift we have been given, is the love of God in Christ, which surrounds us and upholds us, whatever we have to endure. Amen. During the service in Wheatacon, we heard some traditional hent orgel music. Hent orgeln are small accordions with buttons rather than a keyboard, and they were played by a delightful couple. This is called A Tune for the Heart. For me, this last week has been about participating in the Council of the World Communion of Reformed Churches in Europe meeting in Switzerland. Every year, about 40 people, representing many of the Reformed Churches in Europe, gather to share fellowship and discuss matters of mutual concern. The idea is that through these meetings, we may support one another and our churches in the work we do. 
This year we spent some time discussing a proposal to associate with the Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification, a document produced by the Lutheran World Federation and the Roman Catholic Church. The Doctrine of Justification was one of the main points of disagreement at the time of the Reformation, but this document goes a long way towards rethinking the doctrine and the historic divisions over it. Reformed churches may decide to associate with it, and the discussion was intended to help them decide what to do. We also spoke a lot about the refugee crisis in Europe and heard moving accounts of member churches' work with refugees. The Evangelical Church of Greece is at the forefront of this work and is giving thousands of meals a week to refugees who are stuck on the border between Greece and Macedonia. For such a small denomination, they are doing remarkable work and offering a real witness to the love of Christ for all people. Let us pray. Lord our God, the Good Shepherd, we turn with confidence to you, bringing all our concerns and needs. We pray for all who are affected by disease and who are suffering, remembering those who are suffering personally or who know suffering in their family or among their friends. Let them feel that you are close to them. We pray for the families of the sick and for all who care for them, that they may care with patience and empathy. Lord, have mercy. We pray for all those who cannot cope in their lives and therefore often get sick, that they may find in their churches and in their communities people who listen to them and understand them. We pray for all those who are seriously ill and can no longer take care of themselves. Give them the strength to persevere, sustained by hope in you. Lord, have mercy. Lord, we have been supported and held so many times when we were weak and ground down. We are thankful that we are secure in your hand. Good God, save us and all who are dear to us in your love. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and remain with you always. Amen.